Amen. Caleb's mom and dad are the Boylston's. We've supported them for a number of years, been missionaries in the islands of Ponape. And so he, uh, Caleb grew up in the, uh, in a very warm climate, which is probably 85 degrees there today. And so he said their normal attire was a pair of shorts and run around in the ocean all day. So I, I remember a picture that they sent one time. They were having a rainstorm, and uh, Krista had posted a picture of an eel swimming across the road. And so, but... I also thought it was kind of cool. They eat dogs, don't they? Yeah. My mom's dachshund would be the first dog to go. I just want you to know that. <laughs> I'd put him on a stick so fast. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, so if you went there as a missionary and you took Fido with you, you better keep him in the house. Uh, so and don't ask them to watch him when you're gone, or you might not see him again. But uh, uh, anyway, we uh, appreciate Caleb. He's out here this year, uh, working this year, and uh, saving money to go to Bible college. And so appreciate Caleb with us, and uh, uh, that's a blessing. You're going to have to have that out more often now, pal. Yeah, we appreciate that. So I'd like you to take your Bibles, if you would, to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, thinking of thankfulness, and we've already looked at some of this already, and what, what I did was had a four-point message, and, and uh, over four weeks now, I preached one of those points each week, and so we started off that thankfulness is brought about by an action of the heart, and then we know that thankfulness is driven by a direction of the heart, and that Thankfulness is manifest by an attitude of the heart. Well, today we're going to see that thankfulness is a disposition of the heart. And whenever we think about a, a disposition and, and uh, what, what would be a definition of that, it would be one's usual mood or temperament and uh, habitual tendency or inclination. And, and so uh, it, it's... Uh, who you are day in, day out is usually your temperament. It's kind of like that old, those old ranchers. You, had, you have those horses that they have the, the temperament that you can go out each day and you can throw the saddle on and go do a job, and they're, they're just an all-business horse, and they're going to do that every day, and they're going to be consistent. And then, then you have some of those that uh, their temperament isn't quite the same as that. You go out one day and they buck the saddle off, and the next day they act like their kid broke, and then the next day they're ready to stomp you into the ground. Or it might be some of you guys that are ranchers that have bulls. You have some of those bulls and cows that have a nice calm temperament and, and are easy to get along with, and then you have those that, that you always send the guests out to, to check on. And... Uh, so you can video it and put it on America's Funniest Videos, right? But, uh, you know, the, the, it's the disposition. It's who, who you are and, and uh, your temperament and your mood. And, and, and the, the thing that about the definition is that it's a habitual tendency. And so, you know what I have found? that I found that, that we as people, if we're, we're walking in our carnality, then... 
we're usually not a very thankful people. And as a matter of fact, pretty fleshly in our thoughts and selfish in our ideas. And, and uh, we're, we're truly not what it is that we need to be. And, you know, as I've, as I've preached this and been giving thought to thankfulness over this past month or so and month and a half and preparing these is I found that actually to be thankful like you ought to be is work. It really is work to do that, to, to uh, wake up in the morning and be thankful for what you have. Be, be thankful even when you wake up in the morning and there's a foot of snow, you know, and you have to go shovel the sidewalks or whatever, you know. You can be thankful that, that uh, you can still do that or, or be thankful that we have moisture or be thankful that, uh, you know, you have a warm home, that, that uh, you weren't outside in that. And, and, and so, you know what I found is that, that as you train yourself, and, and we do, we have to train ourselves, we have to train our, and what we have to do is more than training our mind, it's training our heart to be thankful. Our heart is the very inner being of who we are. It's, it's what controls us. It's what makes us who we are. And, and so it's that heart that, that we need to be working on and, 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 pro, and promoting the thankfulness that, that God wants us to have in our hearts and our minds. And, and we find that when thankfulness controls the life of a believer, that it changes our temperament. And, and it lets us be inclined to thankfulness. And, and it becomes a habitual tendency. It's something that ought to mark us that those around us that know us best, that, that they can see that, hey, I, I'm married to a spouse that truly is thankful, that your children can watch you as they are growing up and see that you are a thankful person and, and oh, how much we have to be thankful for. And, and, and in our society today, we, we just are, are just pushed and compelled to, to, to look at the negatives and, and to see all of the, the junk that is out there. And, and there's just so much that we ought to be thankful for. And so we ought to allow that thankfulness to bring us to a part in our lives where we have a disposition of thankfulness in our heart. And so I pray that, that today that, that we can see this and, and understand the, the disposition of the heart is one of thankfulness. And if we're going to have this, then we see the characteristics of a thankful heart, and that's what we see here in Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. And, and it starts out that it's a kind disposition. In verse 12, it says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. So it's a kind uh, disposition. And, and here he says to put on, therefore, and and it, and it would be like me taking this coat and putting this coat on. It's being clothed in this. And, and so you, you are covered in thankfulness. You are adorned in thankfulness. You are walking in this life. And, and that's a command that he gives all of us as believers because he says that as the elect of God, if, if there has been a time in your life where you have humbled yourself and you have come to God and, and you have confessed to Him that you are a sinner and that, that, that you are sick of your sin and that you don't want it in your life anymore and that, that you truly need forgiveness of these things and that by faith you call upon Jesus, the one that died on the cross, was buried and rose again and, and did the work for the salvation of all of the world and that 
those who call upon him shall be saved. And, and you have done so, and, and you've come to him in that humble and broken heart and, and the realization of your sin and that, that, it, that it is against a, a holy God, and, and you ask him to save you and trust him as your Savior, then this is a command for you. If you haven't done what I talked to you about in asking Christ to be your Savior, then you're never going to have the true heart of thankfulness that God is showing us here because it all stems from God giving us this. And you'll never have that thankfulness until there has been a time in your life where you have settled your sin debt with Jesus and asked Him to forgive you of it, and nobody can do that for you. You need to do that. All of us are in that same boat. We all sin and come short of the glory of God. There is no one here that's better than anybody else, but I want you to know that the ground is level at the cross. And we all need to go to the cross, and it's there that we need to go and seek forgiveness, and it's only He that can forgive us, and so we call on Him to be our Savior. And when we call on Him to be our Savior, then we are one of the elect of God. And so I pray that you have trusted Christ as your Savior today. And if you have, then this command is going out to you that know Christ as your Savior, then you need to clothe yourself in this kind disposition. And so he says, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved. Do you understand that, that uh, uh, here that the reason why we can be kind is that we are now holy not in our own selves, not in our own works at all, but God has taken us and placed us in His family. And He has sealed us with the Holy Spirit of God and in doing so has separated us from the rest of the world. We're sanctified. That's what holy means. It means saint. You know, we hear of, of churches that, that pick people out to be a saint well, that, that doesn't come from the Scripture. That comes from a tradition of that church that teaches that because the Bible tells us that everyone that has trusted Christ as their Savior, you are now a saint in Christ. You're a saint. You are holy. You are separated. You are different than the rest of the world. And so now we need to start behaving that way. We need to be acting that way. We need to have the kind disposition that, that God wants us to have. There is no reason why we as a believer need to be walking around in this world with a great big chip on our shoulder and mad at everybody around us. Rather, we need to be seeking a way to show them the kindness of Jesus through our lives. And, and yes, we do need to stand up for what's right. And yes, we need to stand up for what's holy. And, and sometimes people think that when you take a hard stand for that which is right, then you're not being kind. Look, there is nothing being kind with, with letting someone go run and jump off a cliff. You need to be the one that stands there and says, no, you don't want to do that. Don't go there. You don't want to do this. This is going to make a mess of your life. You need to stay away from this. And there are those in the world that try to tell us that we are unkind by saying that you are a sinner. Well, I'm sorry. They can just going to have to get over it. You know? Because in kindness, we want to tell them the truth. And you do tell them the truth. 
And, and so you want to help them. And, and, and so don't think of it that way. But, but we are holy and separated. And, and we've been chosen to, to, to serve the Lord and to give out the gospel and, and His love and mercy and kindness. And, and oh, how we need to do that. Because not only are we holy, but we're also beloved. We are loved genuinely by our Savior. You know what I find in, in this world? I mean, we see it. We see a lot of this every Tuesday when, when we have quam. We see that there, there are kids that are just begging for attention, begging for attention. They, they just want to know that somebody cares. They, they want to know that somebody loves them, and, and, and we do, and we do our very best, but all we have is about an hour and a half to show those kids that, hey, we do love you. And, and I want you to know that, that, that maybe our love is inconsistent at best, but I want you to know that there's a God in heaven that loves you consistently and will forever love you and has loved you enough that He gave His only begotten Son to die on that cross so that you can have eternal life too. And, and that is exactly what we need to do. We need to be letting people know that there is someone that loves them. And I want you to know today that if you're sitting here today and you have trusted Christ as your Savior and you think that you're alone and you think that there is no hope in this life, I want you to know that Jesus still loves you. God loves you and wants the best for you and, and, and you need to look to Him and obey Him and, and, and confess those things to Him and, and be open with Him and let Him know what you're thinking and what you're feeling and, and, and He already knows that but He wants you to take it to Him and, and you take it to Him to His feet and, and there you drop it and you leave it there and you walk out of there knowing that you are loved by God. We're holy, not in our own holiness. We're holy in God's holiness and righteousness. We are loved today because of God. And, and, and through that, then that ought to help us with a kind temperament that we ought to have. And, and the, the, the idea of the bowels of mercy, and some might think that's a little antiquated phrase, but really makes sense, doesn't it? When we think about the very innermost part of who we are ought, ought to be a place that stems compassion and mercy and kindness. It's not something that, that we do like, you know, like the politicians go out and kiss the babies, you know, and act like how friendly they are, and then they, they get in their car and they wipe themselves down with Lysol because they've touched the peasants. And so, you know, we're, we're not into that, all right? We're talking about a genuineness here. We're talking about something that stems from the very inner being of who we are, and, and, and we are full of compassion and and look, we, I saw that last night. I saw that from our church family that, that nobody was asked more or less to come. They just came. I, I didn't have time to call everybody and say, help, you know, we need, we need everybody to show up. People just show up. Praise the Lord that they did. And, 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 and it stems from a heart of compassion. And, and then we have, have a gentleman in our church that's out pulling people out this morning that were stranded here all night and waiting on a, on a tow truck to show up and, and who knows what he was going to charge them to pull them out, you know. And, and so we have farmers here that were going out and pulling guys out and helping them to get on the road again and, and moving them on down the road. And, you know, and people 
feeding the pizza and, and doing all the things and pumping up the air mattresses and, you know, bringing the clothes and, or the, the bedding and all of that. I mean, that, that stems from a heart of compassion. That, that stems from the innermost beings of, of who we are. And, and our church has always just been that way. And I thank God for that. Thank God for the kindness that they have and, and the, these bowels of mercy, a heart of compassion and pity and, and then kindness. Just kind. Just kind. You ever been around people and you think, man, they're just not very nice. You ever been in a church where you walk in, you sit down, and they're all looking at you like, what are you doing here? You know? It's like, okay, you know, we'll move on. You know? But, you know, kindness, humbleness of mind. It's a humility and a modesty in realizing that Nobody here is any better than anybody else. And all we are here to do is to help each other out and, and to take you where you are and help you to get to where you need to be. We don't want to take you where you are and leave you where you are. God doesn't want to do that either. God wants to take you, and, and he does take you where you are in your life, but he also wants to change you. And he's going to help you to walk closer with him. And, and as you walk closer with him, you get closer to the light and you see more flaws in your life and, and you see more things going on in your life that aren't right. And, and, and you want to get those things right with God. And, and he helps you and, and brings you along. And, and, and it helps you to be humble in realizing that that, that one that comes that, that, that maybe is struggling with some kind of a, a, an addiction, you could realize, hey, I could have been there very easily. Or maybe you were at some time and you you had victory over it and you can help them along with that or or you just see people struggling in all areas and and you and and instead of looking at them in a judgmental way you're you're looking at them and thinking only by the grace of God there go I and and you want to help them to grow and to be what they need to be and and just continuing to be a having a humbleness of mind and and meekness in your life meekness is being gentle and and courteous and being kind to Jan that is working at Walmart and checking you out instead of being rude and unkind to, to Flo as she's uh, greeting you as you walk in the door or, or, or whatever, you know. You're, you're being kind to those that are around and, and, and being courteous to those that are, that are there. And even the one that maybe you're standing there in line and they're, they're struggling to make their card work or on the reader or whatever. And, and, you know, people are standing behind them and they're getting all worried because everybody's impatient behind you and and instead you can talk to them and and share some share some time with them and and tell them about a great church that loves them and that they ought to come sometime and visit and and give them a track and tell them that God loves them and that it's not a big deal if you're a couple minutes longer it's not going to take any time out of my life and you can just be kind and you can be courteous <clears throat> and long suffering yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of that long-suffering being practiced last night when I-76 opened back up. There was about 9 million people wanting to get to Denver at the same time. I'm sure there was a lot of, maybe not so much long-suffering. <clears throat> but you know what I found in here? There was some long-suffering that took place in here. It was, it was packed, you know, and, and I really hope nobody's allergic to dogs because there was a few hundred dogs in here, I'm afraid, too. And so we had to clean up a whole lot of dog hair today. I'm just very grateful and thankful that there wasn't one cat. Because can you imagine one cat in the midst of 50 dogs? 
I mean, this could have been fun, you know, if you don't like cats. But, but uh, no, there's, we need to have a kind disposition, don't we? And so that comes from, from a thankful heart. But not only a kind disposition, but a forgiving one also. Forbearing one another. I've said this many times, and I like, I, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily like this word, but it helps me. Forbearing, you know what it has the idea? You just learn to put up with each other. Isn't that right? I mean, those of you that have been married a long time, I, I don't know if I should say this or not. You love your spouse, and I know that, but there are some times where you just learn to put up with each other. Really. It's like, you know, I love you, but I'm going to work. I'll be back in eight hours or nine hours, and then we can, you know, we'll have a better temperament. You know, and, and we can deal with this. And, and most of the time, you know what most of the time it is? Guys, we wake up and we have done something and we have no idea what it was. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to work and I'll be back. And then maybe by that time I can, and, and you're like, what have I done? Nothing. Okay. You know, and we move on, right? Uh, <laughs> We're burying one another. But isn't it the truth? I mean, think about it. Think about it in, 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 in life and those that, that you are closest to, there are times where, where this needs to be practiced. Well, what about in a group like this where you might not see each other until next week, but, but we need to learn to put up with each other. We need to learn to forbear one another and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and uh, help each other. And then and it says, in forgiving one another. You know, I'm sorry if somebody sat in your chair, but it'll be, it'll be okay. Forgive them this one time. Let them know that's my chair. You can sit here this week, but not next, okay? No, I'm just, uh, but, you know, whatever. It, it's kind of like, <clears throat> I, I remember years ago, you guys remember my vanilla-colored Dodge that I had, very proud of that, that truck, and, and I hadn't had it a long time, and we were helping a guy move, and, and Thane was, was there, as, as usual, helping out too. And, and, and he was taking this guy's bike, and he was going to put it in the, in the back of my truck. And he takes that bike, and he picks it up, and the pedal hits the side of my truck and put a dent in my truck. And he's like, turns white, and Dustin, who's such a good friend, I don't know, yeah, he laughs. He laughs. I had to learn to forgive Thane. You know, that wasn't the first time that happened. He always seemed to be with a bike. When we lived over here, he was a little guy, and he was riding his bike down our driveway. And somebody turned into the drive. Some company was coming, so he was on a mad dash to get out of the way. He just knew for sure that he was going to get ran over. And he'd come around the corner of the driveway, and there's my truck, and right into the side of it dent in the door on that truck. And so I'm, I, I've had to learn to forgive Thane along the way. But we not only do we put up with one another, but we do learn to forgive one another. And, and I, I don't want to go into a lot of depth on forgiveness. You could preach a whole message on, on forgiveness, but it just comes to the point where, where you just don't let whatever it was that happened to you that took, you know, somebody did something to you you just can get to the point where you can move on and, and God deals with them, God has them, and you can even pray for them, 
but it doesn't impact how you live your life and how you think and and doesn't dominate your thinking any longer, but you can look and see what it is that God needs you to do in your life. And so forgiving one another, and that's just very brief definition. We get into more of that. But And then he says, and if any man have a quarrel against any, if you have a complaint and you're and, and there's really an issue with each other, then and, and you have that, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Because really, when you think about it, in, in the long scheme of things and, and, and in eternity, what has happened to you and whatever it is that they have done, what will it do in the difference in eternity? Really, what will it? I mean, we need to learn we truly do need to learn to forgive one another and realize that we have feet of clay and there are some times where we don't have a kind disposition and, and we are going to do things that, that are really going to tick you off and, and make things a little bit harder to do. But, but as you get into a marriage of 30 years or 60 years or, or even 70 years, you learn that there are some times where people are going to do things that aren't right but you can learn to forgive them because Christ forgave you. And as a matter of fact, if they've ticked you off, I'm sure in the past you've ticked them off too. And they still forgive you. And so it's a forgiving disposition that we need to have. Really doesn't matter if somebody cuts you off. So what? Let them go on. Maybe they'll hit the ditch in front of you and you can go by and go, boop, 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 you know, you know, honk your horn. Wave at them. You, know, you want me to call A&R? It's about a $250 tow trip. You know, I don't know, but whatever. So, Yeah, there you go. See? See? We know. We know. And so we just need to have a forgiving disposition. And so we go on. All comes from the heart. And above all these things, more importantly, And all these things that we've talked about, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, a loving disposition. We really do need to learn how to love each other. And and by that, this this is the the agape love. This is a self-sacrificial. This is where you're willing to to give up that last donut. You're, You're willing to give up that last half a cup of coffee that you were really needing bad, but you saw that your wife wanted it worse than you. I don't know. It's, it's just willing to give up things for somebody else. It's an agape love. It's one that, that we need to have in our lives. And why? Because it is the bond. That, that is what holds us together. We can have a kind disposition We can have a forgiving disposition, but if there's no love, it never works. It never works. It's not going to work in a family. It's not going to work in in your home, and it's not going to work in your church. Know how we need to learn to love one another. We're not the same. We all have different ideas and and different personalities, and and we come from different kinds of cultures and and the way that we were raised. But you know what? We can still learn how to forgive each other and to love each other the way that we ought to. That comes from the heart. That doesn't come from the mind. That comes from God doing a work in your heart and changing your life.
It's the bond of perfectness, that maturing that we ought to have in our lives as believers today and, and, and maturing in our walk. And then, and then we see a peaceful disposition and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you're called in one body and be ye thankful. When the peace of God rules, it decides, it controls, it judges, it's the umpire that decides. And so it's the peace of God that rules in our heart. When it's doing that, which we are called in one body, this one body that we have represented here, then we see that we can be thankful. Another command, be ye thankful. Oh, how much we had to be thankful for, don't we? I mean, you think about just today what we have. And oh, how grateful we ought to be. And here, the peace of God gives us that thankfulness. You know, there, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of uh, jealousy, there's a lot of rage, there's a lot of anger in our world today, but none of that needs to come from us as believers today. We ought to have a heart of thankfulness, a peaceful disposition. And then let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, a governing disposition. So let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, abundantly. And to dwell has the idea of being at home. The, the word of Christ, whenever we're reading the word of God, it ought to be at home in our hearts and in our lives. When we read it, we're not reading it trying to justify our behavior to God. We're not reading this to argue with what God is telling us, but rather we are listening to this and, and our God, our Savior, is telling us these things and, and Lord, I, I see what you're saying and, and I see what it is that, that I need to be doing and, and here I can see how the, the kind of husband that I ought to be and, and I'm not being this and, and I see how I ought to be treating my wife and, and I see what I ought to be doing with my children and, and I see that, that you ought to be the priority in my life and, and, and Lord, I'm not here to argue with you, but, but I'm here to, 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 to see what it is that you're telling me, and I'm listening to what you're saying, and, and I want to apply this to my life, and give me wisdom in how to do so, and, and, and instruct me in this, and teach me in these things. And, and, and as I do this, it's, it's going to, to well up into a, a song in my heart, and, and I'm going to be singing these psalms and hymns and, and spiritual songs, and, and I'm going to be doing so not only out of a love for you, but I'm going to be doing that in teaching and admonishing others that are around me also that, oh, how we ought to have a thankful heart and, and how we ought to be glorifying and honoring Him. And, and as I'm letting the Word of God and the Word of Christ dwell in my heart, that is exactly what it's going to be doing, teaching me and admonishing me and giving me that song that I ought to be singing. It doesn't matter whether you have a talent to sing or not. We're not here to impress anybody around us and, and we're not here to be praised by those around us here that, oh, how good you are in, in your singing. God's the one that created you and God has given you a heart when, when, whenever you have a thankful mind and a thankful inner being of who you are, then God has given you a heart to sing and so sing to Him. 
and sing to others. That's why when we come, we're, we're not here to impress those that are around us. We're singing to Him. He's the one that saved us. He's the one that provides for us. He's the one that speaks to us every time we open His Word. And, and He's the one that convicts us in our heart through the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. And, and He's the one that gives us wisdom and direction and, and blessings in our lives and, and helps us in a, in a wicked world that all this pressure and all this sadness and, and all these heavy things that are going on and He still gives us a heart to sing. And it ought to govern our lives and give us that disposition that that the world looks at us and says, what is this guy on? You can just tell him, you know what? I'm just thankful that I know somebody that loves me. Even in my darkest moments, even in my honoriest of days, he still loves me. A governing disposition. And then lastly, a thankful disposition. If we're truly thankful, then whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Whatsoever ye do in word or deed, the things that you say, the things that you do, everything that your life is involved in, Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks, a present tense, returning of thanks to God and the Father through Christ, who He is. He's our Savior. Lord, I thank You. I thank You that I'm beloved. I thank You that I am holy and set apart and I can be used for an eternal value in this world. I'm thankful for the spouse that you've given me. I'm thankful for my children that you've given me to raise and to consecrate to you and give them back to you. I'm thankful for our church family that loves us and loves our family no matter who we are and what we've done, but they love us. I'm thankful for the building that we have that we can come in here and worship freely. I'm thankful that you've given us this building that we can use to reach out to our community and help them even in times of need. I'm thankful for the ministries that you've let us be a part of so that we can continue to reach the next generation of children through QAM, through the wrestling, through the teens, through the Sunday school. Through the junior church, listen to what they're doing today. Do you not think that those will be memories that will be etched into their minds forever? I'm 51 years old, and I'll never forget Mrs. Kirk working with me year after year in Sunday school classes. I'll never forget when Mrs. Kirk came to me and she said, Shannon, I want you to know that you're an answer to prayer I've been praying since I've been a part of this church. And this lady was 90-some years old when she died. And she told me this when she was 90. And she'd been a member of that church since she was a, I have no idea. I mean, she'd been praying this prayer for 60-some years and said, I've been praying that God would call someone into the ministry in this church, and you're the answer to my prayer. And I'll never forget what those godly people way back then, even as children, 
as I was a child, what they did for me. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for how I grew up. I'm thankful for our church that, that preached the gospel way back then. I'm thankful that I get a chance to preach the gospel. I'm thankful that I get to pastor a great group of people. We ought to be thankful for everything that we have. I'm thankful for our neighbors. I'm thankful for snowplows. I'm thankful for four-wheel drive. I'm thankful for heated seats and a heated steering wheel now. You see what thankfulness ought to be? It ought to be something that's habitual in our lives. And what is that statement about you do something, then it, then it becomes a habit, then after a habit, it becomes a way of life. What is that? Anybody know that statement? Sorry. It just kind of came to me and then, then it's gone. All right? But, but really, this ought to be something that we work on every day. Every day. Let it be a disposition of the heart, one of thankfulness. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this day, and I pray your blessings upon it. In Jesus' name, amen.